Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Good morning. That was good. Y'all sound like you're awake today. It sounds like you weren't at the open gym until midnight last night, most of you, except for the front row right here. There's a few sleepy people um, up in the front row. Oh, I would love to take a moment right now to dismiss our middle school students. Come on. I... There's some really excited parents and really excited middle schoolers in here right now because our middle school class is back. It is back, and it is so exciting. Um, our middle school class was one of the largest classes taking place uh, in Canvas on Sunday mornings pre-pandemic, um, and Upon our return, it's just taken us a little bit of time to get back to that, but we're super excited to have it back, and so are the young people, and so they are dismissed, and they're already out of here, and they're going to have a great a great morning. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited and honored to continue our Rooted series today. Um, when my husband asked me to share um, and, and preach this month, I said yes, and then he sent me the topic of what I was gonna be preaching on, and I was like, ah, yes, yes. And, um, and you'll, you'll understand why in, in a little bit here, but um, our Rooted series and our Rooted small groups, the, the desire and the goal that we have behind this series and the groups that we're a part of and the devotionals that we're doing every single week is that we would get back to the basics of discipleship, get back to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, there, there, there are rhythms of life, right? Um, and as a Christ follower, there are different rhythms of prayer and reading our Bible and basic um, discipleship things. And if you would like, if you would like paper notes, you can grab that. If you would like uh, to take notes on your phone, we have an app available for you, so you can text the word app to 858-943-2221 and download our app, and you can take notes right there. Um, but how many of you know that there are just things in life that can shake you, disrupt you, and get you out of your, your normal rhythms, your normal rhythms in life? Well, that happens in our spiritual life as well. And so our goal behind this series and behind our Rooted Small Groups is to get back to the basics, get back to the foundation of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And I am here to tell you today that, that one of the things that it means to be a follower of Christ, I, I, I wish that this wasn't true, but the, the reality is, is as a follower of Christ, we are not exempt from suffering. We're not exempt from it. That, that, that day, that moment when you said that prayer to invite Jesus Christ into your life, didn't, it wasn't like waving a magic wand and suddenly life was going to be, you know, unicorns and rainbows, okay? It just simply meant that, man, now we have a Savior, amen? And we're, we're going to dive into this today. So I'm excited um, to be sharing with you this morning. God's really challenged me through this, um, and I, I'm praying that he, um, he ministers to you as well. Uh, I'm going to read Psalms 34, and then we're going to dive into Isaiah 53. So if you have um, your digital Bible, go ahead and open up to that. That's what I'm on this morning. If you have your papal Bible, open up to Psalms 34. I'm going to read verse 18 in the New Living Translation. It says, The Lord is close 
to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He is close to the brokenhearted. And then Isaiah 53, we're going to read a, a long passage here. And this is, this is an incredible passage that we find in the Old Testament that is such a clear picture of the gospel. It is the, the prophet Isaiah prophesying of what Christ would do on the cross uh, many, many years later. Isaiah 53, and we're going to start in verse 3. It says, He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. And everybody says, amen. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep, sorry, this passage gets me every time, is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. And if there's any rebels here today, just say a big amen. <laughs> Again, Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Let's just join and pray with me one more time. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that we can come together as a faith community and be encouraged, be challenged, um, and uh, just experience new life uh, just as we sit under the reading of your word. And God, I pray that you would help me this morning to communicate all that you placed on my heart. I pray that it would not be my words that would come forth, but it would be yours. And God, I pray that you'd help me create a place and a moment where we can all encounter Jesus, uh, know your love, and, and discover the great plans that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name we, we pray. Amen. 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 The word suffering. The word suffering is defined as the state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. This is dictionary.com, all right? The state of undergoing pain, distress, or hardship. 
Now, because I know the heaviness of this topic, we're just going to lighten it up for a moment before we dive in, all right? Because there are actually some that experienced some serious suffering this week, but there were some that were um, finding it quite funny. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and take a look at a couple of these slides, all right? The first one this week, Instagram is down, and he's on his phone. Just describe your lunch to me. I can't see the pictures of your amazing, delicious lunch that you posted from, from today, so I just, I'm calling because I need you to describe it. And there were individuals running from Wi-Fi network to Wi-Fi network trying to, to figure out why their Instagram wasn't loading this week. Let's take, let's take a look at this other one. It says, if all social media sites shut down, how would people complain about it? Well, those of you that don't have social media, this week, Instagram and Facebook were down for five hours. Five hours, people. Five hours. And a lot of people got a lot done in five hours. I'm going to be real. All right, let's go to our last one. This is for all of us hanging out going, oh, so Facebook and Instagram are down? Please explain to me how your life is over. I love that, Willy Wonka. That's awesome. Explain to me how your life is over. And all the young people are sitting in the room going, we good. Snapchat and TikTok, we're still going. <laughs> they're like, they're looking at the older generation. Some of you in here are like just now realizing that you are the older generation because you were the one going, wait, wait. And all the young people are like talking, posting, ticking, talking, whatever they do. <laughs> I do reels on Instagram because I'm old. Um, I, I, my kids informed me that TikTok, like I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. So if you're in your mid-40s, just, yeah, there's public service annou announcement. You are not allowed on TikTok. All right. But here's the reality. We're having fun. We can laugh about some of that. Um, but how many of you know that there actually, there, I, I actually do know individuals that suffered during that time. And here's why. Because there are small business owners that were launching. They were launching a product that day. And they lost thousands and thousands of dollars in five hours. And we can sit back and laugh. Like, oh, how ridiculous, how funny. But yet there actually were people that were experiencing some form of suffering during that time. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that suffering and, and what we go through in life, it's unique to each one of us. And so I never want to sit back and, and look at what someone else is going through and think, oh, yeah, I went through that too. I'm good. You're going to be fine and minimize their pain. And minimize their suffering because, because it's real and it's unique to each one of us. But that's not the suffering I want to talk about today. We're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit and here's the reality is I know that there are some of us in the room here that have experienced the loss of a loved one. We've experienced the pain of betrayal. We've experienced and are suffering through sickness and disease the, the loss of a business or financial security, the, the, the list could go on and on. 
And, and I want to be sensitive to that. I know that, that we're here today, and even within the last two years, suffering is, is knocked on every one of our doors. And, and we've had to navigate it, and some of us are still trying to navigate it today. And I believe that, that well, I see um, in humanity, not just for Christ followers, but in humanity, we go one of two directions when suffering hits. When we experience strategy, when we're suffering through something, we go one of two directions. We either go away from God or we go toward God. It's really no other direction. We either lean into him or we, or we say we're out. We're out. But I believe for us as Christ followers, those of us that have said, Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior, I believe that it is paramount. It is, it is crucial that we understand the character of God. Because when, when suffering comes, and, and Pastor Ben talked about it today, all throughout Genesis through Revelations, in the scriptures, we see men and women experience suffering. And more often than not, he comforts in the midst of suffering rather than rescuing us out of it. And so how do we navigate suffering? How do we walk through this as a Christ follower? And I believe that one of the ways is by understanding the character of God. Because when we understand the character of God, when something hits, when, when tragedy strikes, when, when we're being persecuted for our faith, which is most of the New Testament when it talks about suffering and trials, it's referring to those, those believers that are suffering because they have chosen to follow Christ. But all through scripture we see suffering of other, other forms. And so first and foremost, we, we're going to just dive in. And can I give you a little bit of basic doctrine today? A little bit of uh, teaching from the scriptures this morning. Those of us that uh, uh, some of our students in E4 Bible College took the basic doctrine course last year. And this is straight from it. And so I'm going to give this to you today. So in your notes, just be ready to just jot down some scripture references this morning. We need to know first and foremost that God is holy. We need to know that God is holy. What does that mean? It means he cannot sin nor tolerate sin. He is sinless perfection. He's perfectly holy in all that he thinks, all that he says, and all that he does. He is holy. Exodus 15, 11 says this. It says, the Lord is glorious in holiness. Leviticus 19.2 says, I, the Lord your God, am holy, sinless perfection, perfectly holy in all that he thinks towards you, all that he says, and all that he does. Secondly, we need to, we need to know that God is righteous. God is righteous. This is his character. He is righteous. Righteous and justice are synonymous Righteousness is holiness in action against sin. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32.4, Deuteronomy 32.4 says he is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. He is righteous. He is righteous. Thirdly, we need to know, we need to know with a shadow of, without a shadow of doubt that he is love. 
God is holy. God is righteous. God is love. He doesn't just show love or have love for us. He is love. He is love. The love of God is the perfect perfection of affection God has which moves him to give of him, himself to us continuously. That, it, I'm going to say that again because that is so good. The, the love of God is the perfection of affection God has which moves him to give of himself to us continuously. God is love. In 1 John 4, verse 8, it says, But anyone who does not love God, does not love, does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 8, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Not just God has love towards you. Not just God shows love towards you. God is love. The embodiment. Christ Jesus. Love. Walk this earth. He is love. So when we face hard things, when we face tragedy and loss, when we face pain, when we face sickness or disease, when we are in the midst of suffering, we have to stand firm. This has to be our foundation. The word of God must be the foundation of our faith. We must be firm in this, knowing that God is holy, God is righteous, God is love, and lastly, God is faithful. He is faithful. Whew. He is absolutely trustworthy, loyal, reliable, and true to his word. I, if you know somebody that you can describe in that way, I would love to meet them. Okay? We all, we all, we all want to attain this, right? But here's the reality. There's one that we can say this of that is absolutely absolutely trustworthy, loyal, reliable, and true to his word. His word is truth, and he is absolutely reliable. 1 Corinthians 1.9 said, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into par partnership with his son. Now, how I, 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 it is my goal to be faithful to, what I, to do what I've said. In life, to my children, to my husband, to, to my friends, to, you know, when I'm at work. It's my goal. Like, I want to be faithful to do what I said. But how many of you have ever, you know, uh, you know told somebody, I I'm going to do this. And then you're like, oh, man. Like, and then you realize your schedule is out of control. And it's kind of that idea you bit off more than you could chew, right? And you realize, man, I just said I was going to do something that I'm realizing now that it's going to be impossible. I'm not going to be able to do it. And then you end up texting that friend or that family member, and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there. But, but our God, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He's faithful. He is faithful. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. We're going to get a whole lot of Bible today. Because I can say a whole lot of stuff, but, man, it's the word of God that if we get this deep in the soil of our hearts, when we go through the stuff of life, we'll still be standing, 
Not saying that we, we won't waver, not saying we won't struggle, not saying we won't have pain, not saying we won't experience doubt, but come on, we'll still be standing at the end of the day, amen? Because we trust that he's holy, he's righteous, he is love, and he is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He can be trusted to keep his promises. As Christ followers, when we're in the midst of suffering, we run to the Lord because he's our firm foundation, because he's the one that we can trust. But here's the thing is we have to know who he is. We have to understand his character because how many of you know that there are times when you've hit suffering, you've hit trials, you've had things happen, loss, tragedy, whatever it is, and the thoughts have entered your mind. See, this is God just punishing you for what you did. Or see, God doesn't care. He, 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 he doesn't care what you're going through. Or this thought that God caused it. And when those thoughts bombard our mind, we have this foundation as Christ followers. We have the word of God that we can go back to that says, no, 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 no. That is not the God that I serve. The God that I serve is holy. He, he does not sin. It's impossible. He's faithful. He won't leave me. He said he wouldn't leave me, and he is here right now in the midst of my suffering. Amen? Amen. And so the question that is posed to us oftentimes as Christ followers, and then those maybe, I remember myself even asking this question before I came to know the Lord as my Savior at the age of 19 and finding myself in a pit of despair because of choices and decisions that I had made. How many of you know you can suffer and sometimes that suffering is <laughs> because of your own hands, of your own decisions, your own choices? That, that was where I was at. There was a whole lot of suffering that I was experiencing because of things that were done to me. Um, but there was also some suffering I was experiencing because of some, some simple decisions that I made. But I'll, I'll never forget being in that place and, and, and wondering where, like, people talk about this God. But I, don't, I don't think that there's a God because if there's, if there's a God, like, where is he right now? Doesn't he, doesn't he know? Doesn't he see? Doesn't, doesn't he care? Am I the only one that has ever asked those questions? I mean, it was like months ago I was asking those questions. Like, some of you think I'm talking about when I was 19. I'm like, there's a reason why I kind of didn't want to preach this message. <laughs> so where is God in suffering? He's near. We read it. In Psalm 34, 18, and there are a lot of other passages, a lot of other scriptures we can go to, but in Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close. He's close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. He's close. He's near. Where is he in the midst of my suffering? Where is he in the midst of my sickness? Where is he in the midst of this divorce I'm facing? Where is he in the midst of the loss of my loved one? Where is he? He's close. He's near. He's there. Isaiah 41.10 says, so do not fear, for I'm with you. Now this is, this is spoken to the children of Israel. This is an Old Testament passage, but how many of you know if he spoke it to them, then Come on, it's a word that we can grab hold of for us. Amen? 
So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. He's near, and he is near to strengthen you. He's near to uphold you. Because how many of you know there are moments in life when we just, we get hit so hard that it's difficult just even to get up in the morning. It's difficult to take that next step. And the promise I hold on to in those moments is that he says that he will uphold me by his, his what? His righteous right hand. He hasn't abandoned you. You know, a passage I go back to often is in the Old Testament with the, the prophet Elijah. And the prophet Elijah had done incredible things for God. Incredible things for God. He had seen God move miraculously. All of these incredible things are happening and God showed up in a mighty way. And then he finds himself in a position where now he's being chased down and, and he's being threatened to be killed and he's running for his life and he finds himself in deep depression. And you know, I read that and it just gives me hope. I know it sounds funny. But an incredible prophet in the Old Testament doing mighty things for God, saw God do miracles, and he experienced depression. And so there's sometimes when I feel like I'm kind of, feel like I'm feeling those, those feelings sometimes. And I, I sit back and go, well, I'm not the only one, right? Not the only one. As a Christ follower, as a believer who struggled in, 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 in dealing with some circumstances in life, here was Elijah finds himself in deep, deep depression. And the story tells us that, that he's, he's in this place and, and there's um, a mighty wind that passes by. And it says, but God wasn't in the wind. It says that there was a mighty earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. It says there was a, a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. What it tells us is that God was in the whisper. And I believe it was my husband that preached a message some time ago that said, he said this, and it just hit me so hard, and I grabbed hold of it. He said, why a whisper? Because God doesn't have to yell to those that he's close to. So whatever you're facing today, whatever pit you feel like you're in, whatever despair you're experiencing, whatever suffering you're walking through, he's near and sometimes we just need to sit and just allow his whisper to come and speak to us and comfort us in the midst of our suffering. So where is God in suffering? He's near. And, and here's the other thing that we need to know in the midst of suffering is that he understands. He understands. I... I I literally have struggled with that from time to time in life of feeling like no one understands. Nobody, nobody understands the pain I'm going through right now. Nobody understands the betrayal. Nobody understands the heartache. Nobody, you know, just fill in the blank. I know I'm not the only one in this room. You feel like, man, nobody understands. God doesn't understand. Does he even see? Does he even know? He understands we see it here. 
in Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected. He understands. He, he understands your deepest grief because he was acquainted with deepest grief. He, he, he carried our weaknesses. He understands your weaknesses. Why? Because he carried them. It's a profound thought, isn't it? He, 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 unlike anyone else that you will ever meet in your entire life, he understands what you're experiencing right now because he himself carried it. It says, it says he was beaten so we could be whole. He understands what it is to be oppressed. He understands what it is to be treated harshly. He understands what it is to be unjustly condemned, it says in verse 8 of Isaiah 53. He understands what it feels like when no one cares. Nobody cared that he was dying. Nobody cared. Nobody, they, they, they looked upon him and thought he deserved it. He deserved it. He's dying with other criminals. He must have just deserved it. But yet he had done no wrong. I know that there are some of us sitting here today and some of us watching online right now that you're sitting in the midst and walking through suffering at the hands of something, you, yet you did no wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. Yet here you are. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense. And sometimes it makes you so angry that you just want to shut the door on God and walk away. But yet he understands because he had done no wrong. He lived a sinless life. A sinless life. And yet he was condemned. He was treated unfairly. He bore our sins. So when we wonder, when we find ourselves in those moments wondering does he understand the pain that I'm going through? He understands more than you realize because he carried it. The Bible tells us that when Jesus died on that cross, the moment that he died on that cross, he took the sins, the pain, the sorrow, the, the oppression, the, 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 the sickness, the disease upon himself. He carried it. He took the weight of it for us. So he knows. He is so intimately acquainted with your suffering and your grief and your, your pain. He's carried it upon himself. Verse 4, it was our sorrows that weighed him down. So what does that do for us today? What does that do for those of us that call ourselves Christ followers? What does it do for me today if I'm sitting here just checking out this faith thing? And I'm wondering if it's worth it. It's worth it. Because it gives us hope. It gives us hope. We serve a God that is near. We serve a God that understands. We serve a God that came down to this earth, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, took the sins and the weight of our burdens and our, our pain and our sorrows upon himself so that... In Isaiah 53, 5, he was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. 1 Peter 5, 10, after you have suffered a little while. This is speaking to, to believers that are going through persecution. And we live in the United States. We haven't experienced persecution like this. But I believe 
that we need to get our foundation firm in the word of God. Because if one thing that we're promised in this life, we're not promised a life without suffering. We live in the same world that everyone else does. And the reality is in, in Genesis, when God created everything, he was done, he sat back and he looked and he's like, oh, it is good. And for a moment, for, for a moment, a brief moment, everything was good. There was no sorrow, there was no sickness, there was no pain, there was no sin. And then we know, we know what happened. Adam and Eve, the, the Bible, you know, we refer to it as the fall of man. Adam and Eve sinned. And from that moment on, our world has been dominated and, and filled with sin, sickness, disease. It's here. And we live in the same earth that everyone else does. And as Christ followers, we're not exempt from the suffering. But it says here, after you've suffered a little while, he himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And the greatest hope we have of all the greatest hope that, that keeps me taking just one more step in my faith journey is found in Revelations 21, verses 3 through 5. Now, I encourage you to write this down. I encourage you to highlight in your Bible. I encourage you to write it on your mirror if you are in a hard place. Because it says this. It says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look. God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down. For I tell you, it is trust, trustworthy and true. That there we have this hope as believers, as Christ followers. And this hope is that there is coming a day. Because our life here on earth is just temporal. We're just passing by. We're just here momentarily. But we will live for all eternity. And, and that moment when we cross over into the threshold of heaven, the Bible says our greatest hope is in that moment there will be no more pain. There will be no more tears. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more. No more of that. Everything will be made new. So what does that Tell me, what, what, do, what is my conclusion as I look at the scriptures and I, as I search for them for myself when I find myself in moments of suffering? It tells me that suffering with, without Christ leads me to a place of hopelessness and despair. But suffering with Christ leads me to a place of hope and healing. I would much rather experience suffering with Christ and to know that there is hope and there is healing in him, then suffer without Christ, shutting the door on him, shutting him out in the midst of my pain and my trials, because when I do that, there is hopelessness and there is despair. But when I walk with him through suffering, I have this hope. I have this hope that he is a restorer. I have this hope that he is good. I have this hope that he comes to bring me life. And worship team, you can come on up right now. I have hope. I have hope. I'll never forget a time in my life 
when I was, I was experiencing suffering, but I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know, I had never gone to church in my life. The, the only times I'd gone to church was maybe for a wedding or a funeral. So I didn't know anything about Jesus. And I found myself in one of the darkest moments I've ever been in. And, and it, it just utter hopelessness, utter despair, just experiencing and, and going through pain that, that didn't make sense and, and, and had experienced abuse at the hands of somebody that said that they loved me. It just, it just was, it, it was the lowest of lows that I could have ever found. I didn't want to live another day. And I remember in that moment, because remember we talked earlier that when suffering comes, people turn one of two directions either away from God or toward God. In this moment for me, as a, as a girl that didn't know anything about God, had never the only Bible I ever opened up in my life was in a closet in my house, and it was a big picture Bible. And I remember being a child, and I opened it up, and my brother and I saw pictures of half-naked man with blood all over him. We thought we were in trouble because we were looking at something bad. That's all I ever saw. I, didn't, I didn't, hadn't read a single scripture in my life, but in that moment, in my darkest moment, not wanting to, to live another day, I remember shaking my fist at God. And mind you, I didn't even know if there was a God, but I was shaking my fist at him. I said, God, if you're real, if you're real, then why, why, why am I going through this? What did I do to deserve this? Man. I wish I could say that God showed up right there. He didn't. <laughs> I remember walking away from that moment so angry at a God that I didn't even know if he existed. But you know what he did? He met me. You know what he did? He surrounded me with believers. I found myself at a new job and I walked into work and the, the, the coworkers were all Christ followers that the owners of the business were believers. Every Monday morning I go to work and they're sitting there talking about church and how good God was and didn't you love the picnic? And I'm like, what am I talking about? And I saw my coworker going through some hard stuff and yet there was a joy that didn't make sense. Didn't make sense. What was God doing? Who's surrounding me, showing me that there's hope. I gave my life to Christ <laughs> because I saw hope. Not because I saw lives without suffering or without pain, but because I saw individuals that were facing the hard stuff that I was facing in life, but they were facing it with a hope. It did make sense that I couldn't explain. But now, sitting here on the other side. I get it, I see it. I wish I could say that I lived it every day. Part of the reason why I didn't wanna preach this message is because I've been struggling. Some things haven't made a lot of sense gone through betrayal, the loss of a loved one that was tragic and unexpected, and oh, it just made me so angry. 
and going through it, I thought I was doing good. I, I'm like, Lord, I just, I, I look I look to you right now. God, help me. Lord, I, I trust you. God, comfort. You know, I was doing all the things, you know, all the things that I know that I, I should do because this is what I tell other people to do. And so I'm trying to do it myself. And, and last night, I was, you know, I was preparing this message and I thought through all of it and looking at it and get, allowing these scriptures to minister to my own heart. I thought what I was at, at a great place. And last night I was, I was here and, and I was praying and I felt like God began to speak to me about some individuals that were gonna, were gonna be hearing this message and what God wanted to do in their life. And God began to show me this picture and I'm like, God, who do you want to, who do you want to minister to tomorrow? And he showed me that there was a woman that was standing and there was a door. And the door was closed and there were a series of locks on it. And he said, there's a woman that's going to be at canvas. And and she's, she shut, shut the door of her heart because it's just been really hard. There's been a lot of pain. And it, it, it's not, it wasn't shut out of a, a wrong heart and ill will or necessarily anger, but it was shut because it's just, it's just, it's too hard. And, and it was shut because the weight of the sorrow and the grief and the pain is just so heavy that the, 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 the idea of facing it felt like it was going to crush. But God showed me on the other side of the door was Jesus standing there and he was just knocking. It was that perpetual knocking, like that annoying knocking. And he just kept going over and over and over again. He's just standing there knocking. And he said, there's a woman. And she shut the door and it's okay, I love her. And I'm just going to stand there and I'm just going to knock so she knows I'm here, that I'm near, and when she's ready to open up the door, to unlock the locks and let me in, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna comfort and I'm gonna, I'm gonna heal and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring peace in the midst of it all. I'm gonna carry her through it. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, and I wrote it down. And then, and then we got in last night to this moment of worship and we started singing one of the songs we were singing today. I didn't know we were gonna be singing it today. And I'm just worshiping, and all of a sudden we got to this part in the song where we're singing that you're good, that you're good, that you're good, that you're good, God, you're good. God spoke to me so clear in my heart. I didn't hear audible. It was so clear in my heart. He said, Katie, there, there's going to be some women there tomorrow. That's them. But you are also that woman. And he began to show me a couple areas of my heart that I shut off because it was like survival, you know, protection. Like, just it hurts bad, God. I'm just going to close it. It's just painful. And he said, open, open the door. And last night in the midst of worship, as I'm singing, God, you're good. It was a faith declaration for me because I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it here. But in a particular circumstance in life, I needed to, it to get to here. 
but I closed off the heart because it just hurt really bad. I believe that there's somebody else here that identifies with that. I believe I'm not the only one here today. There's somebody that you, you closed it off a long time ago. It's not just something recent, but there's somebody here that you closed it off a long time ago. And there's like a series of locks. And it's almost like each lock represents a moment, a betrayal, a lie, a, a, a pain, some sort of suffering. I believe this. I believe that as we stand to our feet, let's stand to our feet this morning. I believe this. I'm, this is my prayer for you today. I believe that for someone here this morning, just simply reading Isaiah 53 and reading that he bore, that he carried the weight. I believe that there was somebody here this morning that your, your heart started softening just as we were reading those verses. Man, he knows, he sees, he's holy, he's righteous, he's love, he's faithful. He knows, he's carried it, he experienced it on the cross for us so that we might have life, that we might have hope. But I believe this. I believe that as we go into this song, I believe that as we just begin in the midst of our suffering to sing, God, you're good. God, you're good. You're good. I believe that something supernatural is gonna happen. It's like the locks are gonna start to And as you open your heart and you just declare, God, you're good. God, you're good. I believe that there's some healing. I believe that someone here today, you've been, you've been trying to carry the weight yourself. But he wants you to know that you don't have to carry it yourself. It's too heavy. It's too heavy for you. And he's here today and as you open that door and allow him to come in, he's gonna, he's gonna carry that weight with you. He's already done it once. As he was hung on that cross, he's ready to do it for you again today. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just close your eyes and I want you to begin to sing with the band. And it might, it might be just a choice. Like, I'm, I, I'm not sure that I believe it. It might just be that choice of I'm gonna sing it and allow it to go from the head to the heart this morning. But let's make that declaration today. That God, we know that you're good because your word says that you're good. God, we know that you're faithful because your word says that you're faithful. God, we know that you've never left us because your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So come on right now in this moment, if that's you, I want you to just begin to sing out with the band. God, you're good.
minutes. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. I believe that um, what, what uh, my wife was talking about in um, the doors are locked and man, the, the heart is closed off um, that um, there's some stuff you're holding on to and it's actually literally causing physical ailments in your body. It's causing heart issues, actual physical heart issues. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you've had it, like gone to the doctor for stuff and they can't figure out what's going on with you. They don't know what's wrong. They can't diagnose it. I believe that, I believe it's this right here. I believe that God wants to touch your heart spiritually and it's gonna impact your health physically. Uh, I believe, I believe, as a matter of fact, there's somebody else here this morning and this might be unrelated, but um, I feel like as we were worshiping that God just said, hey, there's somebody here that has an actual physical heart issue. It's like, I don't know if it's a heart, like, I don't know what they call it, like a murmur or it's an erratic heartbeat. Um, and it happens, and I don't even know if they have medication for stuff like that, but maybe you take medication or maybe you've had that diagnosed, and I believe God wants to touch you today. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes, and maybe you're the first one, and you're saying, man, that's me as far as, man, like, yeah, I, I've been dealing with some health stuff, and, um, and they can't diagnose it. If that's you, just shoot your hand in the air right now. Lift it high. Don't be afraid. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. Thank you. Okay, just keep it up. Just keep it up for one more moment. Okay, good, good. There's several of you. Go, go and put your hand down, but who's the one here today? And eyes are closed, and you would say, man, that, ir that irregular heartbeat, that's, that's me. Can you put your hand in the air? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, come on, come on. I see your hands. Yeah, there's, there's two of you. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand for either of those, can you just make your way up front right here? I want to pray for you real quick. Just, just real quick. Just, just come out. You raise your hand for either of those. Just, just come on out right now. God's going to touch you. God's going to heal you. God's going to, I believe that. I believe that today, right now, he's going to heal you. Hallelujah. Hey, man, let's just sing that. Just, can you just give me just a couple more minutes, church? And let's just come on. If, if you were the one responding, would you want God to touch you? If you were the one up here saying, man, that's me. I, I need some healing. I need some healing. There's some physical stuff. So come on, church. Just pray with me right now. Come on, pray. Can I just have some of the pastors, some of the small group leaders come on up right now? Let's just pray right now. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray, God, right now. We declare, God, you're good. And God, we declare that you're good, and we declare healing right now in Jesus' mighty name. We declare, Lord God, that you're a healer. 
And God, your word declares it in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, that believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So God, right now, Lord, we're just walking in obedience to your word. And God, we're laying hands right now. And we're declaring healing right now. Come on, as the heart opens up. Come on, as forgiveness flows right now. As forgiveness flows right now, healing is coming in Jesus' mighty name. As forgiveness flows, come on, we're letting go. We're letting go of the pain of the past. We're letting go of the hurt. We're letting go of the emotion. We're letting go right now. And he's coming and he's healing right now. And you're good. today. Lord, we bring to you our pain. God, we bring to you, we run into the arms of our good Heavenly Father today in the midst of trials, in the midst of suffering. And God, we, we give you the anger. God, we give you the pain. God, we give you, we come with all the questions. God, we bring it all before you. God, because we know that you're a good, good God. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would minister God, to each and every one in only the way that you can today. Restore, heal, strengthen, and uphold us by your righteous right hand. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen.
There's, there's just something happening, and if you're here this morning, the band's just going to continue just for just a little bit. If you feel like you need to linger a little bit longer, feel free. We're going to be here at the altar. If there's anything more specific you need prayer for, come on up. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Remember that God sees, God knows, God loves, He understands, He is with you. Amen. God bless and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.